0: James Bradbury heads to Philadelphia. Jadevian Clowney returns to Cleveland. And the Packers extend Jair Alexander. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on NFL.
1: You are Locked on NFL.
0: Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, so that means you have me, Kevin Ostreicher, the host of Locked On Ravens. And Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, is who covered this season, with more props, odds, and lies than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. We have a ton to dive into today. We're going to be talking about James Bradbury, talking about Shadavian Clowney, and of course, Jair Alexander. So, first, we'll be talking with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles about the signing of James Bradbury, followed then by Garrett Bush of Locked On Browns about the Divian Clowney reunion, Clowney going back to Cleveland. Then finally, Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers joins us to talk about the Jair Alexander extension. So without any further ado, let's get into our conversation with Louis DiBiase about James Bradbury. Joining me here now, one of the hosts of Locked on Eagles, Louis DiBiase. And Louis, I know we talked a couple weeks ago about the Eagles draft and their acquisition of A.J. Brown. Well, the Eagles acquiring another great player this time, James Bradbury. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Kevin. Yeah, the Eagles really know how to create the offseason into an exciting few months every single time and sometimes it doesn't always work out 2011 the dream team 2015 chip kelly's version of the dream team 2019 sometimes it implodes but the offseason on paper always tends to look good for the eagles outside of 2020 so uh yeah on paper again love the work they're doing and that continues with bradbury
0: Yeah, and let's kind of dive into that a little bit, because obviously Bradbury was a player who I think a lot of teams would have liked to to have had, and he's a guy who's been shopped around a little bit, obviously, during his time with the Giants, the end of that tenure. And then on the free agent market, I think a lot of teams could have really used his services, the Eagles being the team that ends up winning out. Did you feel like this was a move that you expected for the Eagles, whether it was going back to his time on the trade market during the end of that Giants tenure when he hit free agency? How expected of a move was this for you?
1: Yeah, I think when after the draft, the Eagles did not come away with a single defensive back. They chose Jordan Davis over Kyle Hamilton in the first round. There wasn't a corner of safety that fell to them in the second round. And then a Kobe Dean's there in round three. You got to jump on that. So overall, I love the work the Eagles did this offseason. But you were really nervous because you're like, geez, I mean, right now at cornerback opposite Darius Slay, You've got a fourth round pick from 2021 and Zach McPherson, who barely played at all last year. And then a bunch of undrafted kids. There was just no proven ability. And you're like, that could really hold this team back from getting to the ceiling that they potentially possess. And so when James Bradbury became available, when the Giants released him, I'm like, you have to jump on this. It's obvious. This is a 28 year old corner that was a pro bowler just two years ago to be your CB2 ideal. I just thought there was going to be a lot of competition like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, a lot of teams that are in win now mode that would pay more money than Philadelphia was willing to pay. But Bradbury wanted to bet on himself, sign a one-year prove-it deal worth up to $10 million, a little under eight guaranteed, and he signed with the Eagles. And I think that kind of completes what was an amazing offseason. That was the missing link in that secondary on defense. And again, Bradbury had an up-and-down season last year. But if you get the 2019-2020 version of Bradbury, you might have one of the best duos of corners with uh, Slay and Bradbury in the entire NFL.
0: Yeah, you have multiple great players there now and I think the addition really elevates this Eagles defense to a level where obviously without Bradbury you're still kind of wondering all right who's the guy next to Darius Slade but let's talk about that contract a little bit Louie because you mentioned it one year up to $10 million. How how surprised were they were able to get that deal with him for a guy that probably had a pretty good market heading into free agency?
1: Yeah, again, I was pretty surprised because when a 28-year-old, this doesn't have to be a Band-Aid signing where you sign him to a one-year deal while you wait to draft his replacement next year, and then he moves on. He's some 32-year-old. Philadelphia has tried that a lot over the past four off-seasons, especially on the defensive side of the football, because they're investing so many high draft picks on offense, The defense kind of suffered, so you had to make it work with the core you already had, and then a lot of those Band-Aid signings. Bradbury, that doesn't have to be the case. I was surprised that, again, he didn't cash in still, but it makes sense. Like, again, he had a a down year in 2021 in comparison to what he did the previous two seasons, so he wanted to bet on himself, and the Eagles took advantage. But again, this doesn't have to be a one-year rental uh, for $10 million. I think, again, at 28 years old, if he's having a great first half of the season, Howie Roseman, the Eagles love to make that, you know, halfway through the year contract extension. They did it with Alshon Jeffrey and Timmy Jernigan back in 2017. This past year, they did it with Josh Sweat and Jordan Maialata, Dallas Goddard. So I think Bradbury doesn't have to be a rental. and But I was surprised that they got him for that kind of value on a one-year deal.
0: Right. And he, I think, is going to slot in very nicely on this defense, too. And it benefits him and the Eagles that signing because obviously he bets on himself now. And if he does have that great first half, as you were talking about, he can cash out with another big deal at Philadelphia. But you see this now with like Jarvis Landry, Jadevian Clowney, now James Bradbury, guys all taking one year deals now when teams don't necessarily have the same amount of money to throw around they did in March and April leading up to the draft. So it benefits the teams it benefits the players. And now Bradbury gets a chance to thrive in that Eagles defense. But Louie, where does he slot in? I mentioned, you know, the Darius Slay connection. Now it's going to be Slay and Bradbury, but what does he allow this Eagles defense to do now with his acquisition?
1: Yeah, again, I think that Howie Roseman has added more defensive talent this year for the short term and long term than he has in quite some time, because again, they were investing so much in the offense. The defense was suffering with talent, but They every All the talent was up front in the front seven. Again, it was Nicobe Dean. It was Hassan Riddick. It was Jordan Davis. It was Kazeer White. It was linebackers and defensive linemen. So you're saying, okay, this defense really does have a high ceiling, but if they do not fill this boundary corner spot opposite Darius Slay, this is going to be a significant liability in an NFL where teams throw the football more than ever before. So so James Bradbury is going to pencil in as the starting outside corner. He's going to replace Steven Nelson from last year, who signed with the Houston Texans this year in free agency. So it's going to be Darius Slay on the outside with James Bradbury and then Avante Maddox in the slot. And Kevin, that really does help having that trio of corners. I think is the best Eagles have had in over a decade considering safety right now is also a weakness. They brought back Anthony Harris on a one-year deal, but You know, he was kind of a non-factor in 2021. And then they have a new starter in Marcus Epps, who's been a role player for them and special teams player over the last few years. So Bradbury on the boundary now with Slay and Maddox inside is going to be so crucial to not hold back the front seven's potential and also make up for what they don't have at safety.
0: Right. It helps them in multiple different aspects and just having as many good players as you can there, especially when it can fill a weakness coming out of the draft where you're thinking maybe they are going to draft a couple guys at the cornerback position. And then they come out with none, a couple good undrafted guys, but you have a couple other ones as well. But Louie, the NFL schedule coming out in the Eagles, they have, I think their hands full in a couple aspects. That NFC East division is one where I think it's still pretty wide open, even though Dallas kind of ran away with it in 2021. How would you feel like their schedule went for them?
1: you <laughs> Yeah, overall, I thought it was really well balanced. I think, you know, over the years, the Eagles have had a really tough start to the season and then the division games were really stacked to the bottom. So they were able to go on runs. Last year, you win four straight to uh, make the playoffs. In 2019, it was the same thing, four straight to win the NFC East. 2018, you had to win five of seven to make the playoffs. So they've really started off slow over the past few years. But this year, I think you have an opportunity to start off hot and really there isn't this giant gauntlet like last year. In October, they in November they had to play Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. This year, you don't really have that gauntlet of star quarterbacks outside of Aaron Rodgers. The best quarterback they play is Kyler Murray, and then it gets to like you know Carson Wentz and Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins. So, overall, I think that you know it's on paper, and you never know how good NFL teams are in the month of May, but on paper, the schedule looks pretty well balanced. Uh, there's not a lot of crazy, tough stretches or road runs and where they're, you know, short on rest and the other team's coming off a bye. So overall, I was really happy with the schedule and I can't wait for some of these reunions. Carson Wentz coming back week 10, Doug Peterson coming back week four. They take on Zach Ertz. So there's a lot of revenge and reunion games that I'm really looking forward to.
0: You know, this Eagles team certainly very well equipped to at least make a run in that NFC East, and I think with all the schedule nuances that go on with every single team, the Eagles, I think, have a decently, you know, you say quote-unquote easy one, be it, but you never know how yeah. the teams will end up stacking up come September, October, November, and obviously you have December there. But the Eagles team looking very different than it did before the draft. A lot of new playmakers added, and that includes James Bradbury. But, Louis, thanks so much for hopping on with me today. It was a blast. Appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you. The second appearance for Louie here in a couple of weeks is first we talked about A.J. Brown in the Eagles draft a couple weeks ago. Now talking about James Bradbury, the Eagles staying very, very busy over the course of the 2022 offseason. But still a ton to talk about here on Locked On NFL. We're going to talk next with Garrett Bush of Locked On Browns about Jadavion Clowney returning to Cleveland. So don't go anywhere. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about Bet online and our partners at Online do continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. In the NBA playoffs, they've been great this playoff season. I mean, there have been some blowout games that haven't been as exciting, but there have been some amazing games as well. And with Online, you can find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are still going on. You have Major League Baseball scores, you have fights, and even the futures for the NFL next season, they're starting to come out. So, BetOnline is a continued source for all your sports waging your information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today, Use mobile to learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. And we return here with our second segment of Locked on NFL. Kevin Ostryker, your host, still here with you. And thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day. Now, be sure to make your second listen Locked on Sports today. But now we're going to be diving into our conversation with Garrett Bush of Locked on Browns about Jadavion Clowney returning to Cleveland. So let's dive into that now joining me now is one of the hosts of locked on browns garrett bush and garrett this signing is davian clowny which we'll talk about here one that i think is really great for the cleveland browns how you doing
2: today i'm doing great man i i think it's a great signing for the browns um i was a little nervous it got it got down to the nitty-gritty but i just remember how clowny usually does in an offseason he doesn't like to come to camps. So I thought this was going to, you know, go down to the wire. So I'm really glad that the Browns did uh, sign this deal and we can look forward to getting some other things ironed out and figuring out what we do with some other positions. Right. Exactly.
0: And Clowney does, I think, add this element to Cleveland's defense, obviously, which is ability to set the edge. Also, obviously rushed the pass, but Garrett, was this something that you expected Cleveland to do? Obviously Clowney being a free agent was on the market for a pretty long time. He mentioned he didn't, he doesn't really like to go to the camps, but was this something that you thought that Cleveland was going to get done, especially with OTAs and training camp now on the horizon a
2: little bit? Oh yeah. I I definitely thought they would get it done. Uh, When, when Deshaun Watson came back, I think it really, it really sped up the clock a little bit. And I think it really turned a lot of, uh, of free agents around, you know, You had Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, there was a lot of people in that locker room that weren't happy with the way the season went. A lot of people were really big fans of Odell Beckham Jr. He goes out, he leaves, goes to L.A., he plays the best football uh, of his season, uh, had to learn a new system. He wins a Super Bowl, and the Browns looked at it like, wow, like, you know, that was supposed to be us. That was supposed to be us out there doing those things. Uh, and, And so, you know, Baker Mayfield thing happens, and then Deshaun Watson is on the radar and when they signed Deshaun Watson, I think Jadavian Clowney turned around and said, Okay, this is a great opportunity for me now. Before, if we were to look at the team and say, Where do you need? You still needed a quarterback. They had already got Amari Cooper. Um, they got Deshaun Watson. And so I, I felt he looked at them and said, Wow, I got Miles Garrett on the other end. You know, I had one of my best years of my career playing to get with Miles Garrett. You got you still got one of the best backfields in the league. Um, and it's a really deep backfield with uh Kareem Hunt. And uh, Nick Chubb, you, you also have upgraded. You signed Denzel Ward. Uh, Newsom looks like a nice corner. J.L. and some of the other guys that uh, that are rookies really uh, showed up and, and gave you some flashes last year. So if, if you're Jadavion Conner, you're like, I might as well go ahead and just run this back real quick just to see what it was looking like. Because push come to shove, I'm still going to be single team because they it's Miles Garrett on the other side of me.
0: Right. If you, if you want a partner on the other side, you cannot go wrong with having Miles Garrett on that opposite side of you. And it's crazy because one year, 11 million, I know the reports have been there are multiple teams offering a multi-year deal for a little bit more in the average annual value range, but Clowney turns it down to come back to Cleveland. So Garrett, how much value is this for Cleveland in
2: terms of the actual logistics of this contract? I think it's tremendous value. I think when you look at the open va- open market, I thought it was value was somewhere around more around uh 13 or maybe even higher like 14 million dollars. I was expecting him to sign a two year deal or two or three year deal, some or from another team, uh, or possibly the Browns offer him that amount of money in a contract. But when I saw the uh you know the contract length and what it was, another one year deal, 11 million dollars, and I think Javon Clowney likes to bet on himself. He says, "Hey, last year turned out pretty well for myself." I, You know, I've had one of my better years, nine sacks, um, playing amongst Miles Garrett, playing on the defense where you you have a lot of freedom under Joe Woods. He figured, hey, let's go back and do it again. If you can and and if the Browns can make it deep in a deep playoff run or he can really up his sack totals and say get it around 15 sacks, now all of a sudden you got a one-year deal. You come back next year. You get another bite at the apple, and now you can get you – now you're commanding top three defensive linemen in the free agency pool. You you, you can be getting 17, 18 million a year because some team's going to overpay for that type of production, uh, especially with the athletic ability of Javian Clowney. So I think it's supreme. uh, You get a lot of value in this pick for one year, uh, one year, $11 million. Right, and I think the ability for him to have a chance to win now in this year and then hit the
0: market again, that that's great, as you talked about, where it benefits both Cleveland and Clowney at the same time. So great value all around, really. But, Garrett, what does Clowney bring on the field? You had the chance to watch him in Cleveland and what he was able to bring opposite of Miles Garrett. So what is he bringing now that he's back with the Browns?
2: Well, you know, I, I took a look at some stats and, and- – uh, when it when you talk about the pressure, the pressures are what really get to people. There's a game against the uh, Chicago Bears. I really dug down deep into this game. Miles Garrett had five sacks in that game. He had uh, seven pressures, five sacks, and his get-off, when they, when they clocked him in his get-off, his get-off was at .76. So that means in .76, he's off the ball, ready to go. And you can see how he got five sacks. But on the other end of the spectrum, you look at what Jadavion Clowney was able to do. He didn't have a .76. He just had a .96. So that's still under a second. By the time you count to the 1-1,000, these guys are upfield. So when you look at that, and in that game, he didn't he didn't do bad at all. I mean, he only had two sacks, only. And he had more pressures than Miles Garrett with eight. So what you look at is when you get guys that are getting to get off like that, exploding upfield, and you were in obvious passing downs, it gives the Cleveland Browns one of the most forbid- formidable um, you know, pass rushing tandems in the league. Not only are you able to do that, you have to look at the guys that can, can uh, consistently extend plays. Joe Burrow is a guy that can extend plays. Lamar Jackson is is the new Mike Vick, uh, and, and that guy is just I, he just makes people look silly with his athletic ability. So when you have two f- defensive ends that can rush and, t- and that can run at the same time. I really think it gives you a lot of different things you could do with your pressure packages, dropping guys, uh, moving them, kicking them down into a three technique, and rushing. So he brings versatility to the Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah, Clowney, a very important piece,
0: I think, also to the Cleveland Browns defense, which is huge for them. But Garrett, now that the Clowney signing is done, what's next for Cleveland in your eyes? What do you feel like they should address? Is there a position in particular or a cup where you feel like they might have to
2: make another addition or two? Well, right now they got this done. Now think about it. They had already offered Jarvis Landry more money. I think it was almost ten million dollars. He took um, six to go down to New Orleans and go b- back home and play for the Saints. Uh, you you look at Jadavian Clowney. He was a guy that was looking at the market value being about fourteen million a year. He comes for one year for eleven million. So now I'm looking at the the funds here in the pockets. The, I, the next thing I think the Browns want to do is find a trading part a trading partner for Baker Mayfield. That may take a little bit longer, Uh, you know, given the fact that, you know, teams have already moved forward with their rookie quarterbacks. They've signed veterans. Um, They look like they're pretty well, you know, going to stay pat unless there's an injury or something. I don't expect Baker Mayfield to go anytime, uh, you know, within the next couple of months. It might be in training camp when he when he actually is moved. So that leaves to me, I would say I look at the receiver position. They drafted David Bell in the third round is David Bell the guy that you're going to count on to make plays. So you you know, you still have uh Donovan Peoples Jones, you still have uh you know, some of the younger guys Anthony Schwartz. Can you get a will fuller? Can you get a vertical threat um for a couple of million dollars to get in and come in here And just in case the rookies don't pan out. I think wide receiver is a place that they look uh to fill in and I think they'll give they'll give some of the rookies some time in camp. But some of those veterans will still be available, ready to go, too. And if they can get one of those guys a vertical threat, I I think that's the next step that they uh, should take.
0: Yeah, there are a couple areas where Cleveland could improve, and their roster already very solid. But if they can just add those couple of pieces and do a little bit of the holes on their roster, I think it becomes even more formidable. But, Garrett, the NFL schedule came out. And Cleveland, obviously, with the AFC North being their division, it'll be tough with those teams, but also they have a couple of other very tough teams on the docket. How do you feel like their schedule played out with when they're playing, guys?
2: Well, well, I love their schedule. Uh, If you're looking for a suspension for Deshaun Watson, the first couple of games of the season, you look at what they got on on the schedule. I believe they got the Jets. Um, uh, they got, uh, they don't even play the Steelers to the week, week five, I believe uh, all of your guys, all of your teams that are within the first four games of the schedule are winnable games. They're games that you can win. The hardest games come, you know, at the end of the year, they, I believe they're playing Buffalo. They got the Buccaneers this year. I'm really looking forward to those two games. But if you're looking at the first four, even if you got a Jacoby Brissett playing the games. I still think that the Browns have a great opportunity to at least be 4-0, 3-1 if Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended. But I'm looking towards those first few games. I'll take that, and then it progressively gets going after that. And they got a traditional bye this year. Their bye was really late last year. I think it's right in the middle of the season, so it gives you a little bit of time to rest and get that one-two punch and just really focus on the second part of the season. So I really think I like the schedule. Um, where the Browns and like the the rest of the AFC North have to make their hay is the is the six games against uh you know the the division foes and those will be knocked down drag outs because this this division uh, I think is is year in year out one of the most toughest divisions in in the league and and Baltimore and, and Baltimore and the Steelers have just you know continued to be there every single year it's just about whether or not the Browns and the Bengals fluctuate back and forth but obviously the Bengals are there this year with Joe Burrow so. Going to be interested in watching some of those games. Those will be the games that I will be keeping my eye on. Right
0: now, I know there is a lot of uncertainty in the early season pending a potential to Sean Watson suspension, but Cleveland's roster right now looking still very formidable and something that is certain, the Shadivian Clowney back in Cleveland. Gary, it was great talking with you. Thanks for hopping on here with me. Appreciate you, man. A big thanks to Garrett for hopping on, talking with me about Jadavian Clowney. It's a big addition, or I should say re-edition, to the Cleveland defense. But we still have a ton to talk about here on Locked on NFL. Coming up, we'll be talking with Peter Bukowski of Locked on Packers about that Jair Alexander extension. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here, of course, on Locked on NFL. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about Rock Auto, and this episode is brought to you by rock auto and it can be impossible now for your local chain auto parts to, to stock all the price you need with so many increasing numbers of makes and models and there can be really almost seemingly intimidating questioning or even pointless questioning and you have to wait while the person behind the counter gets the parts from their computer and they you can only really choose the brand that the warehouse happens to carry because that's all they have but now you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket now rock auto is a family business so they've been doing serving do service for over 20 years rock auto prices are lot below for every customer they have Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, so a lot of parts to choose from. You can explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on there. How'd you hear about us, know We sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And we're back here with our final segment of Locked on NFL. Kevin Ostrecker your host, still here with you. And thank you again for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day be sure to subscribe to us on youtube here in video form and also if you're with us on audio form be sure to follow us anywhere you get your favorite podcast but now here we're going to talk with peter bukowski of locked on packers about the packers extending jair alexander so let's dive into that conversation now here with me is the host of locked on packers peter bukowski and peter the packers locking up jair alexander to an extension one of the best corners in the nfl how are you doing today
3: I'm great. Uh, it, it is a, uh, a a great time in the Packers off season because we finally get to talk about the players that are on the team versus the players that aren't, which is what we spend a lot of the off trying to do. So I'm I'm glad that we get to talk about Jair Alexander right now. Right, and obviously he's
0: a player that means so much to the Green Bay defense, and it's a good thing he'll be in Green Bay for a long time now for Packer fans. But how likely was this extension for you, especially around the timing here about mid-May, late May when it gets done? Was it something you were expecting kind of to come down the pipeline? We're expecting it a bit earlier, a bit later, or even not at all.
3: So, uh, you know, it was going to happen. We were pretty sure this was going to get done. It was more a matter of when and then how much. So was he, was he going to get top of market? I think that was a real question just because, you know, he he had the one elite season in 2020. He was incredible in 2020. And, and you go back to 2019, he was a very good player in 2018. You saw the flashes, and they traded up. It's easier to forget now. They traded out of their original draft spot to get Jair Alexander. They traded back up to get him after the saints gave up way too much to get Marcus Davenport. And they passed on Derwin James to get Jair Alexander ultimately. And you know, you'd take Jair Alexander in a first round pick instead of Derwin James. I think, you know, 10 times out of 10, I'm certainly Packer fans are very happy with this deal. Um, But we were just, you know, to, to get that top of market, the Jalen Ramsey money, we weren't sure that that was going to be quite, what the numbers shook out to be. And we still haven't seen the specifics of the details in terms of, in terms of the year by year numbers in terms of, you know, the, the, you know, the devil is always in the details with these contracts, but he got a record setting signing bonus, which was done to spread the money out over the Packers cap over the next four seasons. And it is still a a record setting number in terms of APY and, and in terms of what he's going to get over the length of this deal. and, and, Really, he's going to play every year of this deal. I mean, barring something crazy, Jai Alexander is going to be on the Packers for the next four seasons on a monster deal. So we knew at the Combine that they had started discussions on a contract. It was more about where those numbers were going to land and then how much was he going to help the salary cap this season because he was on that third year or that, excuse me, that fifth year option. So he was he was counting on the Packers cap in that 13 million dollar range. Well, even on a deal where he's going to make 21 million a year, he's not going to cost that much this season because he's got a million dollar base salary. You've got all of that signing bonus money that you spread out the 30 million in signing bonus. And so there, he's actually saving the Packers in that six to seven million dollar range this season on what he would have already cost. So it is the definition of, from a player's and a team's perspective, a win-win.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And when looking at the actual logistics, four for 84, of course, 21 million per season, but not making that every single season, as you just talked about, how good of a deal was this for you with everything taken into account, that one million base salary in the first season? Were you happy with this deal for Green Bay?
3: So... Let me, let me separate two things because there, there is part of me that, that wants to be analytic about everything and say defense is a weak link system and no player is truly worth the elite money. What you should try and do is get a defense full of solid players and not worry about the elite players. Elite players, let them walk. There is a, an analytical part of me that says that. The same is true on the offensive line, which is also a weak link system. At the same time, There is also part of me that understands how people work one and number two understands how football culture works. And if you are going to play as well as someone like Gerald, Jair Alexander is, is playing and has played and you don't pay them. I think that creates an ugly precedent for your team and you don't want to be the team that doesn't pay players who are worth it. I think it's one of the reasons why the Packers paid Aaron Jones, frankly, because the analytics say don't pay running backs L- listen your team and the team that I cover both are let's invest in running back teams apparently and it has worked out for both of them they've been perennial playoff uh, contenders every season they're they're two of the best front offices in football so always going by the analytics is not always the best way to, to handle this I think frankly um, sometimes you just have to pay good football players and I think paying good football players is a really good way to have a good team is if you Consistently pay good players, you're going to have a good team, generally speaking. And he's an elite player at the position. I think you can make the case he's one of the two or three best players in the league at corner. Corner is a priority, a premium position, the way that we generally think about it. And so paying him this money, totally fine for me. I I don't think at any point in this contract we are going to look back and go, this is like when Matt Ryan got a top-of-market deal. And and he's the what twelfth best quarterback in the league. It, it's it's first of all it's not that kind of money, and second of all, I, Jair Alexander is twenty five. Like he's he's just going to get better, if anything. And there are only like five or six cornerbacks in the whole league that matter. That's the other thing: is these kinds of guys are hard to find. The the Marlon Humphreys, the Jalen Ramsey's. The the AJ Terrells, the Jair Alexander's, these guys are really really hard to find. You don't you don't understand it because the the Ravens have just like Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, like Jimmy Jimmy Smith, just like whatever. We just have had these guys forever. But they re-signed Russell Douglas. They just drafted Eric Stokes, who was terrific as a rookie last season. Russell Douglas was a borderline Pro Bowl player last year with Jair Alexander. That's a one two three that is as good as any. One, two, three at cornerback in the league. Then you add in Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos at safety. I think you can make a very compelling case. No, I'll just say it. The Packers have the best secondary in football, and I think you can make a compelling case. Here's where I will use that uh, terminology. That this is, on paper, the best defense in football. But certainly, I think secondary-wise, this is as good as it gets in the league right now.
0: Yeah, to have Jerry Alexander on a now a long-term contract, I mean, certainly for a secondary that is so fearsome, especially in that NFC North division and especially throughout the NFL. But Peter, what does he bring? What has he brought? And I mean, what now will he continue to bring to this Packers defense? Because obviously they paid him for a reason because he plays good football and is a phenomenal football player.
3: It's more than just being a good cover player, which he is. He is a, a fantastic cover corner. He can mirror, he can play the ball, he... He is, if you're just going to stick him on the number one guy all day, that's when he, you go back to 2018, he broke out covering Brandon Cooks against the Rams, where he was just phenomenal, sticky, and you went, oh, wait, this guy has a chance to be special. But it's so much more than that, Kevin, because he also brings that attitude in the run game. The the, the play that Packer fans love the most of Jair Alexander is he blew up a receiver screen against the Vikings a couple of years ago where he just ran through the receiver trying to block him, just ran through him and blew up the play. And it's just like, okay, th- this guy plays with attitude. He plays with swagger. He plays with ferocity. And you just don't get 5'10", 190 cornerbacks who play like that. And so to see a little guy, and and, you know, it, it, little relatively speaking, right, play like that, there's something special about what he brings as a as a leader, as a culture setter, as a tone setter for your football team. And I think that's just another reason why a deal like this makes sense because you want your program to spit out guys like Jair Alexander. And he showed up fully formed like that. You want Eric Stokes to go to Jair Alexander's school and come out like that guy because if he does, that I mean that's an all pro based on his physical tools and 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 the upside that he has. So he has so much more value just beyond what he brings as a cover corner, he tackles, he plays physically and he's going to play with, with force, with verve, with, with just an intensity that I think is unique for him um, at the position. And, and it does, it does resonate. It permeates. You saw Russell Douglas last year, even when Jair wasn't playing, playing with just a, a, a joy and a passion. And, and that's, that's something that I think is, is, a result of what you're seeing from someone like 23 out there on the field.
0: Yeah, and now Alexander will have many more matchups with Justin Jefferson and that NFC North division and the NFL with their schedule coming out for every team. Now we knew who teams were going to play, but not when those games were. Peter, how do you feel like the Packers schedule fell for them?
3: So w- w- Warren Sharp does a cool thing where he looks at rest and who has rest versus when, they, when their opponents have rest. And the Packers schedule came out pretty disadvantageous for them but but when I look at just the teams and the stretches I don't see any stretches where you're going okay there's three or four teams in a row that I worry about for Green Bay it just doesn't really exist now there is if you look late in the season they have a a Monday night stretch against the the Rams coming off a bye then they have to go to Miami and and that's on a short week and late you know so like there's Little quirks like that, they they come back from London where they play the Giants and have to play that week. They don't have the buy after the London game. Is that going to affect them? I mean, maybe, but, you know, the the, the teams that they're playing, eh, not too tough after that. That's the beauty of it. So it's almost like the NFL was like, okay, we're not going to give them a buy, but we're going to give them some teams that aren't very good. And so it's going to function a little bit like a buy. I look at their schedule and I'm going, why even with Devontae Adams not being on the team, why don't they get to the 12 or 13 wins? Who are the teams on their schedule that are that are a threat to beat them? And when you look at just the way that Las Vegas views all this, if you look at the the win total futures on Bet Online, for example, and the teams that the Packers play, I think Green Bay is going to be favored in almost every game this season, with the exception of in Tampa. And, you know, we'll see, like, for example, the Vikings early in the season. Are people still buying a team like that? I, you know, but but there just aren't that many games where you're going, yeah, I think they're going to be the underdog in this game. It's just not going to happen. Now, they're going to lose some games where they're probably the underdog just because that's the NFL and that's how that works. I don't I, – I I think they're going to win 12 or 13 games, and and I think they're going to be right in the mix in the NFC, and I don't think the schedule really affects it that much.
0: Yeah, and for every team, it's like – Green Bay will probably win a game that they're not expected to win and they'll lose a game they're expected to win. It's just it's the parody of the NFL and how everything works throughout that league. But what is for certain is the Packers have J. Alexander for a very long time Will continue to be one of the best corners in the NFL playing for Green Bay. But, Peter, this was great. Thanks so much for coming on today. Of course. A big thanks to Peter for talking Jair Alexander with me. He's a piece in this Green Bay defense. It's obviously super, super important. He should continue that high level of play for multiple years in a Green Bay uniform. But that's all I have for you here, on Locked on NFL. Thank you so much for joining me. When we get back here tomorrow on the show, we'll be diving into more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And we will see you right back here tomorrow.